our next guest is, um, and I, I know we only have her for 25 minutes, but uh, reached out to me, not for herself, and th- an amazing story. I, I've actually gone through and been able to, to, to read about her. Her name is Lindsey Graham, uh, Patriot Barbie. And I, I want to tell you a little bit about her, but I'm going to let her tell her story. But she reached out to me because she wanted to advocate for another business. She, she literally said, listen, in California, they're attacking this business owner who is standing up. Now they're trying to kick this person out, kick this, this business owner out. Um, and what's astonishing about it is that she's living by that ethos of what they do to one of us, they do to all of us. And we could learn something from that. So let's go ahead and welcome Patriot Barbie to the show. Lindsey Graham, welcome. Thank you so much. That was such a great introduction and got me a little emotional. <laughs> I don't think about these things. Um, I, I just do them naturally because when yeah, I needed people, when I needed Patriots, um, they did it for me. And so I also know that there are there are millions of us suffering, fighting for the cause out there, and there's not enough resources. There's not enough money or enough people advocating for each other. Everyone's kind of out for themselves in this world. And so it's like, you know, if we can do just a little bit here and there for each other, that's, um, that's the goal. That makes a big difference. And I got to tell you, I, I get really just excited about that because there's not a lot of people that do that. You know, when I got involved in, in this deal, I didn't really want to be involved in it. I'm going to just tell you right now, I, I don't, I, I don't want to be involved in it right now. I want to go back to drinking <laughs> Mai Tais and playing with technology and having fun and meeting CEOs of businesses and just building, right? But I can't do that yeah. anymore. And, um, but I, I saw your story, the story you sent to me, but I want people to know who you are first because I got a chance to read your story and it was, it was astonishing actually. So tell everyone who you are. Tell everyone a little bit about you. And where, by the way, and then we'll tell you where they can find you, but tell them that first. Okay. So uh, I am pretty widely recognized as, you know, the Patriot Barbie now since kind of joining the political conservative movement the last two years. And honestly, the Patriot Barbie was a slanderous comment made by liberals trying to attack me. And I had had so much of cancel culture that I just adopted the name to kind of piss them off and poke fun back at them and basically kind of say like i don't really care what you have to say about me and uh, the patriot barbie became a thing it also helps because i don't always want to be recognized as just lindsey graham because there is a rhino senator named lindsey oh graham. no yes yes so, yeah so um uh, people think that that's that's just me the patriot barbie but there is a backstory i was um most most famously known for being the salon owner in oregon um, that defied lockdowns and it was in the very, very beginning. So I was one of the first in America. I was right after Shelley Luther in Texas and right before Ian Smith in New Jersey. So, um, the thing that made my story so viral was that I didn't expect it to get as much attention as it did. I really honestly just believed that I had the right to work, but the state of Oregon refused to let me skate under the wire and they they made a national news program out of my story. Um, they wanted me to shut down. They did not want me to inspire other business owners. So I was told that I'd be issued a class C misdemeanor, uh, $50,000 a day fines, an OSHA citation of $70,000. I'd have my hair license revoked. I'd have my business license revoked. I'd be kicked out of my building for violating my lease. And CPS, Child Protective Services, came to my house and questioned my children and investigated my home because I had reopened my salon against the mandate. And the child protective services was the big thing Um, that went national news. And, you know, it's like, I didn't plan for any of that. I, I didn't prepare for any of this. And Kate Brown was so vindictive um, that she, you know, she made the story bigger than it even really needed to be. And the truth was, that I did have a right to remain open because a lot of those threats were bogus and I called their bluff. I never shut down. I never complied and um, stayed open all the way through until she, you know, allegedly gave us permission. So, so then I'm the Patriot Barbie now. <laughs> now, do you still have your, you, you said, no, you didn't, you closed your, your salon in Oregon and, um, and the cancel culture, they, I mean, they, they attacked you. I mean, yeah. there was more to this. I mean, it wasn't just, Kate Brown, it was other people that she instigated into attacking you personally and your business and the people that work for you. 
Yes. So the big cancel culture came and this is why I ultimately lost my life in Oregon is cancel culture actually, which is so horrendous that I could stand up to a government entity and win and yet not even be able to stand a chance against a, a judgy group of peers. But um, I became a conservative voice in Oregon. And when the George Floyd riots started, BLM posted on social media that they were going to come and burn down my salon first and, quote, kick my ass. And I said, nope, I've worked really hard the last three weeks. I've been on, you know, burning the candle at both ends, trying to keep this salon alive amidst lockdowns. You're not also going to burn it down. So I did a call to arms and uh, 400 patriots showed up armed outside my salon, including myself. And until about four or five in the morning, we stayed up and we built a human barrier across um, downtown Salem, Oregon and protected the businesses. Not a single business was broken into or uh, vandalized. And the city of Salem called me, I believe it was the chief or the captain the next day and said, I can't say this on record, but if you hadn't done that, Salem would look like Portland, Oregon. And we all know what Portland, Oregon looks like. Well, I mean, I think that, um, you know, I've been reading this book called, I read this book called The Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrate. And that book talks about, you know, the, the standing in the gap and getting between the oppressor and the intended victim. And the oppressor mm -hmm. or the tyrant in this case is going to be Antifa, BLM, uh, the radical left ideology. And, and frankly, I think there's a lot of sensible people who are uh, they, they call themselves progressive. Now, I don't agree with any of their ideologies, but I would tell you that there's a lot of sensible people. And so, you know, those 400 people showed you what happens when you get in the gap. They can't do anything. I think it's a perfect right. example if we start taking these examples and, and stacking them up where the people have the opportunity to, be, to become that lesser magistrate and that we become Absolutely. the ones to stand against them. And, and something you probably don't know, there's only 7,400 people in the United States that are elected to office, 7,400. So you have 7,400. It's not very many. It's not, it's not many at all, right? <laughs> and then There's a lot more of us. Yeah, and then you have 7,400 and you have about 38,000 magistrates, right? So you have 38,000, excuse me, judges and magistrates. You have 38,000 of those mm -hmm. across the country. So 38,000, so we're, we're ruled by roughly 50,000 people. And yet there's 300 million people in this country. And there are the, the, the type of laws that they're pushing on the American people are wholly unjust. And as uh, Thomas Aquinas says very succinctly, a unjust law is no law at all. And you were up against that. You thought the police mm -hmm. chief would come down and say, hey, you guys need to stop this. You need to go home. But he didn't. He didn't. Correct. No. In fact, the opposite. When I reopened my salon, it was May 5th, 2020. So it was about five and a half weeks into lockdowns. And I was threatened by every single possible government entity you can name that had any kind of jurisdiction in this matter, except for the police and the sheriff's office. And on the contrary, I was um, kind of papered up in my salon trying to do my hair, you know, privately without cameras on our every move because we weren't wearing masks either. I refused to force masks on anyone. And uh, two police officers walked by and knocked on the door and all of the stylists freaked out. Lindsay, there's a policeman at the door. You're getting arrested. You're getting arrested. I said, I'm not getting arrested. Come on. I opened the door and they, they were walking haircut. by with their coffee, turned around and I said, can I help you? And he said, Actually, we just wanted to say thank you for what you're doing, and we're really proud of you. That's all. I was like, oh, this is so beautiful. And, you know, I know that sometimes police issues can be controversial. I know that a lot of conservatives now are saying, well, the, when the government comes for your guns, it's going to be the police, so don't be praising the police. But you know what? Each person can be judged individually by their commitment to this cause, not what they wear, not what badge they carry. You know, I know there are going to be officers that, that say, when it comes to that, I'm walking away. I, I can do what's right. And it's kind of become so, like, categorized and cliche, you know, patriot, conservative, MAGA movement. These are all names of cliques instead of us just being human and looking at each person individually and saying, I respect your beliefs and what your role is in this cause, not what group can I lump you into. So, so we have sponsors that have been with us for a long time. This one has definitely been here a long time. This is Air Medcare Network. Today's podcast, again, sponsored by Air Medcare Network. If you live in a rural area that's hard to reach by road, if you travel a lot, if you even drive a lot, even if you don't drive a lot, this is good fire insurance. If you like to hike or spend time outdoors, you want to make sure your family's protected in a medical emergency if you ever need to be air medically 
transported. With Air Med Care Network, you're covered for as little as $85 a year. Your whole household will be covered in case you ever need to be air medically transported. Uh, simply visit airmedcarenetwork.com slash daily and use promo code daily and you'll receive up to a $50 Visa gift card when you sign up today. Now, they also have an Amazon card, but we don't do business with Amazon here on this show. So please do not sign up for this and get the $50 Amazon gift card uh, because that is feeding the beast and we don't feed the beast. So get that $50 um, gift card and sign up. You can go up to, I think the five-year membership is like 300 bucks or something. But uh, so it's even less. So it's $85 a year for your whole family. And then as you go up, it, it, it actually reduces. So airmedcarenetwork.com slash daily and use promo code daily. Yeah, so when we, when we talk about those police officers, I, I, I often say, because we, we do have a plan. We have a plan that we're, that we're kind of brewing now in order to solve the problem. I, I believe the problem starts with people being selected, not elected. We have an election system that that's, has stolen the voice of the American people over the last couple of decades. And so the police have an opportunity to make a decision, stand with the people yeah. or stand with the tyrants. Or, I mean, yeah. and another part is they can just go become part of the victim uh, class down here. And, and we're in the gap going to do whatever we can to protect those people who are the victims, intended victims, right? Mm -hmm. And so I, I think that more police officers, if given the opportunity, I think if the American people stand up, stand in the gap, and say, no, we've had enough. No more voting machines, no more mail-in ballots, no more open primaries, no manipulation of the voice of the American people. Here are the three things we're gonna do, and here are the three things we're not gonna do. And by the way, if your biggest problem is you don't have an ID and people can't get there to actually vote, we're gonna shrink the precincts, put them in every neighborhood, and we're going to give everybody a free ID. So here's your free ID, we're voting by paper, right? Go over there, vote, and mm -hmm. we're gonna give everybody election day off. It's gonna make it a national holiday. Next, I just solved the problem, and I and guess what? Yeah, I got rid of. I got rid of. I got rid of. But I mean, it's that simple. Like we have simple solutions, and they create complex solutions to complex symptoms, not the problems. So they they never address right. the problems. Well, and I believe that there's a lot of people like us sitting out, doing whatever we're doing. We're not in elected offices, but we're brainstorming. There is a solution somewhere in the middle there. Like I'm pretty far right, but you know, I'm pretty reasonable too. And I'm willing to have conversations with people who aren't willing to attack me and name call me um, and slander me. I'm willing to have conversations that discuss, okay, well, my personal beliefs in God and my, my religion can't always play a role in your life because I believe I'm able to indoctrinate you with my beliefs. I do, I believe that. But my beliefs are all rooted in my faith and religion and well, I hate the word religion, but God, Jesus Christ, but somewhere in the middle there is just that moral, that moral compass. And my moral compass comes from that, but your moral compass may come from somewhere else. But instead of calling me names and attacking me, I'm willing to have a conversation. You're willing to have a conversation and we're probably going to agree on something in the middle that the government can then um, not impose, but bring into policy. The problem is that the media has done such a great job of dividing those people so that we don't talk. And I really believe that. I've had a few red pill situations on my Instagram. And if you've seen my Instagram, pretty far right, like there's no doubt. And I'm, I'm, people have taken the risks of messaging me and saying, I'm a Democrat and this is how I feel. And I said, well, if you want to talk about it, let's talk about it. And I've red pilled people that way. But the media is doing such a great job. And now the government of saying, well, you guys hate each other. They hate you and you hate them. And she's a racist and you're a homophobe. And um, that makes us not want to talk to each other. So, of course, we can't come to terms because no one's communicating. So, I, I mean, so I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to ask you a question about what you said. Because, you know, I, I've spent a lot of time with, um, you know, gangsters. I've spent okay. a lot of time with guys that, you know, that people were like, wow, why are you hanging out with that person? I mean, my brothers are both bikers. And uh, my family's interracial, so my dad's black, mom's white, whole family's interracial. And so I, 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 have a, I, I feel comfortable around everyone. Mm -hmm. But compromise, I, I, don't, I don't know how, and, and maybe this is just me asking you the question, compromise is one side is on here, one side's here, and we're going to meet somewhere in the middle. Well, over time, you keep meeting people in the middle, they move further and further. I think that's one of the ways we've eroded our society. So... Can we agree at some point that we're going to allow the principles, God's principles, which, which allow for fair or just laws to be enacted and accountability standards to be uh, put in place, 
can, can we agree that you know if their compromise deviates from that, then we probably can't compromise on those things at all. We just can't. I mean, it, yeah. In in my in my world, I will never lower, and this is still true. As much as I say I'm willing to compromise some things, I mean policy type stuff. Yeah. But um, I'm not in government, so that's not even going to be an issue anyway. I will not compromise my morals and my beliefs, and I will not come to a level where I agree with you because what you say goes against my beliefs because it makes anyone's life easier. I will not. I will never sell out. I will not bow down. I will not worship a false, false idol or a false god. But I think that they are so far down. <laughs> when I say compromise, I mean that they need to come up, like not yeah. that we come down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because so much of the, the radicalism, like, the, you know, the LGBTQ agenda, I have gay friends and I, I, I send them my Instagram posts before I post it and say, what do you think about this? Is this like really mean? But the movement is stop indoctrinating my kids. Stop putting your sexuality all over ice creams and cookies and shirts. No one gives a crap. And that's the truth. You're glorifying a false idol when you're saying, let's take a whole month and worship who I choose to have sex with. That's ridiculous. Because if there were a straight month, they would throw a huge fit. And we need a straight month. I, Why not? Let's have a straight month. I mean, I, I think we should have a straight month. July. I know. I'm saying everyone changes their profile pictures to white for the, you know, for purity or whatever. I have a whole, like, I want to do a straight parade and everything. Trust me, I do. But what I'd rather <laughs> do, see, now we're talking about compromise, right? I could do that and we get equal rights. We get equal rights yeah. to straight. But I don't want to compromise that way. I want you to compromise and say, you're allowed to be gay, okay? That goes against my biblical beliefs, but whatever. You're allowed to be gay. You're allowed to have your rights as a couple, but you do not have the right to reserve a whole month for it and shove it on everybody else and throw it down everyone else's throat. That's your compromise. Stop making it like a, an idolized worship. And that should be, I mean, rationality says that they should go, okay, I could see it. I could see it your way. Yeah, we could just be gay and then just be gay. But no, I mean, they can't. They, they radicalize everything, and that's where the needle has moved to where, yeah, we could compromise, but you're going to have to calm the heck down like a lot. <laughs> well, I mean, I have friends. I think we all have friends that are gay. Yeah. I, my, my business partner was, I mean, this is a mouthful, so hold on to this, is a gay married Jewish father of two. Married to a woman. He's Whoa. gay. He is gay. He is gay gay. And, and he was... One of my close friends and I used to we used to crack jokes with each other, and then we as we grew the company because he was uh, one of the founders of the company with me. He started the company with me ten years ago, and uh, uh, we would crack jokes with each other until we got an HR department. Then we're like, ah, oh, we probably should stop the cracking of the jokes. <laughs> <laughs> You're but, each gonna sue each other for sexual uh, harassment. <laughs> but, but it was it was it was it was funny. Like we would we would crack jokes and we would you know I just I, I would be his friend though. Like I would listen to him, and I used to always tell him, I said, look, I accept you where you are, not where I want you to be, but at the same time, you know, I respect you for being who you are, right? And let God figure it yeah. out. So here's a guy that believes yeah. in God. He's gay. He's got two kids. He's a scoutmaster. He's one of the most ethical people I've ever come into contact with. And, and we would have conversations about sexuality and guns. I finally got him to shoot guns, and then he moved from I'm a liberal to I'm a libertarian. I was like, yes, oh, I got you. you. I think you're right. It's relationships. It's, it's those little, we're not, none of us are going to actually save America, but we can save people. We can save people by people with those little conversations. And like I say that I red pilled someone, that's not my greatest accomplishment. My greatest accomplishment is that they became red pilled because they became saved because I talked more about Jesus and God and where my beliefs came from than I did the MAGA movement or that Trump is my idol or any of that stuff. And a lot of what you said is, is well, it, what you said in this context is so true. Let God deal with it. A lot of people forget that, you know, policy is, is one thing and it can drive us nuts and the, the, the pro-abortionists are disgusting and vile and evil, but we also know that God's going to deal with that. Let's do what we can on earth, the way that God equipped us with the weapons that he equipped us with and with the movement and the, um, the conviction. But know in the end that we'll do everything we humanly can, but God is going to deal with these people. And maybe we need to be talking more to them about that than the fact that we don't want, you know, Roe v. Wade to get overturned and et cetera, et cetera. It's, government isn't going to change our lives. God's going to change our lives. 
Yeah, and you're you're absolutely right. And as we start talking about Roe versus Wade and removing, um, you know, you know, changing the dynamic of Roe versus Wade, and protecting the the life of the unborn, it the 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 abortionists, the people that call for the killing of babies and that, I mean, murdering of babies. Mm-hmm. They they want to they're acting as if this bans abortion across the country, but that's not true. That's not what's happening. This actually relinquishes the right of the states to dictate how they handle abortion. So they're even mm-hmm. fighting for and creating a narrative that's just not true because they want to create something that is chaotic, and it's and it's inciting people to do things. A 26 year old uh, that drove from California to Montgomery County, Maryland and uh, went after Kavanaugh. And then I guess got second thoughts and decided to call in the police on himself with duct tape and scissor wire Gosh. and all sorts of stuff. I mean, it, I mean, if you're gonna break into somebody's house and act like an idiot, then go act like an idiot. I mean, break into his house. Yeah. But I, my mind went to, for him, that he brought duct tape and zip ties and a, a briefcase and a Glock 17 and body armor that Brett Kavanaugh is a conservative. He probably is pretty well armed. And if I go yeah. in his house, I'm going to die. So maybe I can yeah. just get arrested and they'll just talk about me. And I'll say this is why I'm going to do it. Because people don't oh, come to your house. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're yeah. not coming to your house, He's are they? The yeah. He murdered himself. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm to pick, pick up a charge. Because why else would you call the police? I always yeah, tell people, exactly. hey, don't talk about it. Be about it. You, you, mm-hmm. You're the big boy on campus. You want to do something? Go ahead and do it. But they don't because they know when it pops off, we're probably a better trigger pull. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm just I'm making that up a little bit. I think, I think it's true. I've, I've yeah. been a Second Amendment advocate since day one. And when, when my story became big news, you know, everything that was on my Facebook and my Instagram and all that, there was it's pro-gun. My husband loves guns. And I actually work for a company now, 2A Shield, which is a gun owner's membership policy. Um, I'm their spokeswoman and their director of ambassadors. So everything about me is, is gun. Well, that's pretty common knowledge. And when I was in my salon with the windows open now, doing hair mask-free against the mandates for weeks and weeks and weeks, Antifa and BLM were tracking me. They were posting pictures. They were posting videos of me. They were calling the police on me. And my salon was 4,000 square feet and two entire walls of it were complete windows in downtown Salem. And I brought my gun to work every single day and not a single person came into my salon and confronted me. And I know why, because they knew that I was packing. They knew that I was protecting. So and they lose- knew white supremacists to my face. So, so, so I want to I want to put something up if I can, Mr. Producer. I just sent something to you, because one of the things that pissed me off. This is the LinkedIn page for someone. I want you to tell me this person uh, loved you so much oh, that gosh. they stalked you and uh, followed you. So mm-hmm. I want to I want to put this up. Maybe you could to just put the picture up, if you will, Mr. Producer, and uh, on that uh, deal. And you could tell it's me really who this person. I don't even know who you're talking about because I've had so many people stalk me and harass me that I'm like, who, who could it be? <laughs> well, it's uh, I'll, then I'll just say the name and maybe you could tell me who she is. Uh, Whitney okay. Woodworth. Mm, yeah. Fun person, she, huh? Yeah. She's a reporter from Salem, Oregon. And as soon as I opened my salon, she was calling constantly for comments because she wanted to write slander pieces on me on why I was doing what I was doing. Um, Every possible article she could twist to fit her narrative that I was a greedy, selfish business owner. I was killing people. I cared about more about money. I was stealing people's GoFundMe money. Um, I was a white supremacist. When I moved to Arizona to get my kids to safety because the government was coming after my children, Um, She followed me, you know, digitally. She followed me down here. She teamed up with a reporter in Arizona. And within a month of living here, they wrote a slander piece on me in Arizona. So who is the who's the one in Arizona? Who's the journalist in Arizona? Oh, gosh, Robert. um, Shoot, he works for the Arizona Republic. Robert something. I could I can send you the article. because I actually had people reaching out to him, telling him what a piece of crap he was, that he didn't Robert know who I Rob? was. Robert Rob? Robert what? Is it Robert Rob? 
Nope. For Robert Anglin? Robert Anglin. Robert Anglin. And he also, he's a professor at Arizona um, State University. Oh, he is. Hey, everyone, yeah. I want to put Mr. Producer, I have this information for you. I'll go ahead and put it up there. <laughs> I got his muckrack. So Robert Anglin is a professor at University of Arizona. Uh, I, I think Arizona State. Arizona State University? Okay. I think, but that can be corroborated. Be Phoenix, it's yeah. all over his Facebook and his Instagram and yeah. So he, he teamed up with Whitney. They sent me an email with a lot of um, harassing questions. I wrote back. Um, there he is. No comment. Yep, that's him. All right. So, yeah. so this this yeah. is the guy that uh, wants to uh, the, see. They they're a bunch of bullies. They they like mm -hmm. go ahead and take it down, Mr. Producer. And they like to bully people. That's their that's their thing. Is that we want to bully people. But they talk about the fact that they want to be tolerant, but they're not tolerant. They literally try to destroy every person, everything that they touch. Rules for radicals, mm -hmm. one of the rules. Attack the person, don't attack the organization, try to destroy them. Yep. And the, the most ironic thing about it is there's that I one. had, there's Whitney, I had specifically posted um, something about leaving Oregon because I needed to get my kids to safety. The Antifa was tracking me, BLM was tracking me, and um, it wasn't safe to live there anymore. So the fact that she would follow me to my new state and write a slander piece, which involved which city I lived in, which city my family lived in, uh, businesses I was associating with, things that I was doing. She posted all of my website content, everything. Um, a lot of, so actually she posted a complete lie in the article as well. And it's like, you know, I, I'm a mom and I'm guessing she's not a mom. When I say I'm, I'm leaving the state to get my kids to safety and you follow me and you expose me down here and you expose my children to harm, what a piece of crap person. What, a, what morally obsolete is who she is. It's, it's appalling and disgusting. Well, I got to tell you, it is, um, th there's a lot of morally obsolete people out there. <laughs> That's a new one. I'm going to use that. Morally obsolete. Morally obsolete. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I, I love that. that actually. I'm going to trademark it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that you have a hard stop at 430, um, but I want to give yeah. you the last, I want to give you the last word. Um, and uh, I do want to thank you for fighting. I want to thank you for standing up. Um, I didn't get a chance. I don't know if you have a couple minutes where you could at least tell me about the story. How did it end? How did, your friend that owned the restaurant, how did that end? I am in constant contact with him. It's Tony from Basilico's in Huntington Beach. He actually never locked down. He defied mandates from day one. Day one, never locked down. He called his restaurant the Constitutional Battlefield, Battleground. And he has fought every mandate along the way and refuses to give in and that's why they're targeting him. From what I understand, he's still fighting the landlord and I can follow up with him and find out, but um, they're trying to take him to court to have him remove his American flag. And I know that he's gonna fight it to the death, so. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I think that, um, I wanna really quickly read one of our sponsors in, which is Axos Bank. Um, you know, that, so I'm excited about that found a bank, Axos Bank, that's open it opened on Independence Day 2000. Um, they're not a crumbling brick and mortar. They're a fully digital bank built on the bedrock of American traditions. Take a look at the reward checking account where you can earn their highest interest rate, and that's a big one. Listeners can get a $150 bonus if you open by July 31st. Big rewards from a bank that believes in the freedom to do business without compromising our values. Um, go to axosbank.com slash daily, daily for details, for full details. That's axosbank.com slash daily. And for that cash bonus... You only need a $1,500 direct deposit within the first three months of opening your reward checking account. Access Bank is federally insured, member FDIC, and they're for us, all of us. Accessbank.com slash daily. Go check them out. He also put up a sign that said, proof of being unvaccinated required. Yeah. And yeah. I thought it was awesome. Mr. Producer, I'm about to send it to you right now. Um, he has signs all over his restaurant that say, um, please remove your mask before entering. No masks allowed. Um, things like that. Take the mask or uh, take the cannoli, leave the mask because <laughs> it's an Italian restaurant. <laughs> leave the mask, take the cannoli. I don't know. But yeah, he's he's hardcore. We've had him. I have a radio show a podcast actually here in Arizona called She's So Right Show. We had him on and he has that episode has the most downloads. He is a he's a fiery guy. And he actually just went on OAN News telling the story, too. I, I connected him to Dan Ball. So this guy right there that you're seeing, he is fighting the good fight. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, there he is. And he has a sign. You just put it up there, but it says proof of 
uh, notice, proof of being unvaccinated required. We have zero tolerance for treasonous anti-American stu stupidity. Thank you for uh, for pondering. <laughs> I love it. Go ahead and take it down, Mr. Producer. That's so awesome. All right, so I'll give you the last word, and I just want to thank you again for coming on. We'll have you on again. We're going to do a couple panels, so hopefully you can come on for the panel and, and uh, talk about what they're doing with uh, the elections and the Second Amendment. Obviously, our heart goes out. That. I have kids. Yeah, you have kids. goes out to yeah, the thank parents. You. Um, thank you for having me. Thank you. for As a female, I thank you for giving me the last word. I would have tried to get it anyway. Um, oh. I will just tell you guys that you can check out my website, patriotbarbie.com. I've got a book that I wrote about everything that I've been through and how God has kind of reinvented my life after fighting government mandates. Um, that's the one. You can find it on patriotbarbie.com. I sign every copy. And all my affiliates, uh, 2A Shield is coming up on there. Um, if you want to get protection for uh, go against government confiscation of your weapons, that's a thing. And everything you need to know, my podcast is up there, the She's So Right Show. Patriot Barbie has it all. So thank you, guys. All right, thank you. Hey, God bless you, and um, I'll be in touch with you for sure. Take care. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Right. Lindsey Graham, okay. Patriot Barbie. Hey, listen, we, we have a half hour. Do we have anybody else coming on tonight, or is it just me? Okay, so you get a half hour of Joe. Um, it shouldn't be fun at all. I mean, it, we, we're just going to talk about everything that's happening right now in the news. And um, I'm getting better at this looking for stuff while I'm still looking at the screen. Oh, do I have to do an ad read? No, you can do the ad reads and add in, in that stuff. I'm not going to do that. I do want to tell you that there was a manufacturing plant that they're saying that is another mass shooting. It's not. Um, it, uh, there's, three shoot there's an injury after a shooting at a manufacturing plant in Maryland. Um, one of them is the active is a shooter, right? So the, the shooter is actually dead. Two people died. Again, we, we want to take everything and sensationalize everything happening across the country and say that, that this is not going to happen. Well, let me just let me put it all in perspective for you. Lock people down for two years. Treat them as if they're stupid. Um, put in critical race theory and tell white people that they're bad, tell uh, black people that they're being oppressed. They are being oppressed, by the way, but it's by the radical left. They, they think that they're too stupid to actually go about and make decisions on their own. Um, strip them of the ability to learn math and science and English and all the fun things that you should learn in school in order to get opportunity into the future. Um, lie to people over and over and over again where they know that their sensibilities tell them one thing and you tell them nothing to see here. Do all of those things. Open the borders. Allow DAs to not charge people. Create a place where justice doesn't feel like it ever is getting served. And make this a banana republic. And, and you're going to get people that are pissed off that have no hope. And the reason why I know that is because in the inner city, this is what we deal with. Only what they did to the people in the inner city, they're now moving across the entire nation. Oh, and then throw in the fact that there's a, a vaccine mandate. You have to have the vaccine mandate. And the radical left are the only ones that can have a voice. And HR can't do anything about them. And let's promote the fact that gender fluidity and say we have an agenda to push the LGBTQ uh, uh, initiative across the country and indoctrinate and, and uh, infect the minds of children. And this is what you get. And how do I know that? Look at the education standard that happened in the inner city uh, going back three or four decades. If you got out of the inner city or if you got out of the impoverished community, um, it was like winning the lottery. And typically it happened because you were an athlete. Typically it happened not because you had intelligence, because there wasn't enough structure to the educational process. It was, it was anemic in those environments, and the teachers were awful. And much of that had to do with not the teachers being awful, but the only teachers that would work there are awful teachers that would put up with kids that are barbaric at times, acting as animals. But we forget about the fact that in inner cities, they're treated like animals. So you, you, wanna, you wanna know why we have the problems that we have today? Is because there are systems that are unchecked that don't allow for civility within those environments. And that is what you get today. But in the middle of all this, we face massive issues with moral and ethical decay. And so I get a chance to talk a little bit about this. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to go back to the doctrine of the lesser magistrate and the plan. And I want to talk about Captain Obvious. I'm, I, I, we're, we're going to have Tr Matthew Truella on, right? And we're going to talk to him about this. And 
Um, you know, I've now gone through and I have a hard copy of the book and I've been marking through the copy of the book and I've been reading about the doctrine of the lesser magistrate um, outside of this book. So there's lots of books and information that's written about this that talks about what we can do. And the Patriot Barbie was just talking about it just now. So was actually talking about the fact that two police officers came by, knocked on the door and said, we just want to thank you for the work that you're doing. And then the police chief, when you had 400 people that uh, showed up to protect those businesses from getting burned down, the police chief said, I can't say this on the record, but I just want to thank you for the work that you did. That is the that is the examples that I use when I tell you, and we did the same thing. So we did it in Colorado. We had um, an organization called UADF, United American Defense Force. It's the one that's run by Tig Tigan, John Tig Tigan, the Benghazi hero. And there's other organizations like Three Percenters and things like that that showed up together when Antifa said that they were going to lock down and burn down a police station. So we showed up 50, 100 deep. And guess what they went? That's what they did. They left. And so it's an indication. These are the things that, that, that are outlined in the doctrine of the lesser magistrate, regardless of the consequences, being able to stand up for people in your community, driving a wedge between the oppressor, the tyrant, the terrorist, and the intended victim. And it doesn't matter who the intended victim is. What matters is, is that you actually take the time to stand up for those people unselfishly serving your community. Um, to put something up, Mike says it needs to be okay. Yeah, we'll figure that out. We'll figure that out. Um, maybe we'll just uh, make people put it on their phone. Um, we have a meeting tonight in uh, Castle Rock for FEC United, and we've been. It, it has been just a massive effort to move things across the finish line. You have you have Antifa journalists that are writing bad things about FEC United. You have the radical left, which is attacking the organization and lying, saying that we're attacking the the education environment, but we're not. Mr. Producer, go ahead and find that, that post that you had that somebody put up about FEC United in Michigan for the chapter there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually put that up so we can, we can discuss it because the only way to call a liar out is to call him a liar, so we're gonna call the liar the liar. But there's another thing that's happening right now that you guys should be aware of, and that is Otero County, New Mexico. And I'm going to come back to the doctrine of the lesser magistrate because that's about to happen in Otero County. It has the opportunity of happening in Otero County, and that is they're voting to get rid of Dominion voting machines. So we heard at the beginning part what uh, Garland Favrito was saying with uh, VoterGA.org, and that information specifically was that they hand there was a hand count that someone was cut out of the race because they select not elect. They select using a machine, using algorithms. They select candidates. And again, all the polls said one thing, and all of a sudden, Roethlisberger, Roethlisberger has you know, 13 more points than the best poll that they ever had. And it's, oh, see, it's nothing to see here. And yet, he then comes out and says, we're not doing any hand counts, we're not looking at it, and you're just going to have to trust the results because I'm the Secretary of State, and I get to audit my own deal. So we have these problems all over the country. And this came on the heel of the Alex Halderman report being released in the five-page CISA report of the uh, vulnerabilities that happen in Dominion voting systems. Now, as a system architect and some of the things that they said uh, that occurred in Fulton County and uh, some of the other counties in Georgia, um, they're liars. They're liars. And here's the problem. And, and this, is, this is the problem that I have, is that the people that are listening to this, you guys already believe. You, you, already, you already believe what I'm saying because you know it's true because we presented and you've been able to look and report and study all the evidence. But we are creating a separate silo, separate society outside of that that doesn't allow for those this information to get to the general public, then you have to almost go door to door because they've used and abused and weaponized technology, mainstream media and everything else, and called us the election conspiracy theorists. So, but we're not lying. They're lying. So then we have to figure out how do we work that problem. But let's put this up to start with because I'm going to tell you about how we work the problem in this. So this came from a person called Michael, I think it's Michael or Michelle. Oh, Mitchell. Mitchell Robinson wrote this. FEC United, the group sponsoring an event on June 15th in La Venia to spread disinformation about public 
education is basically a multi-level marketing scam masquerading as a liberty and freedom organization. So we are going to go after this person. It's going to be really fun. We've been hunting down a couple of other journalists, so this, we're going to add this person to the list as well. What's awesome about the affiliate program, you'll get 25% off of somebody that joins the business member, says Bristow. So they join for 500 uh, you are an affiliate, you can get, if you, you as an affiliate can get $125, so you join a business yourself and you've paid that $500, you get four other businesses to join, you basically covers your paid membership, you paid yourself. Um, the FTC, I've had conversations with them, by the way, it's not called a pyramid scheme, but he said the FTC calls a pyramid scheme and the term is unfair deceptive trade practices. Um, no, it's absolutely not. Okay, because becoming an affiliate or becoming an ambassador for an organization, ambassador being the better word, is that you have the ability to recruit other businesses to become a part of that, right? And compensation for recruiting other people and spending your time on that is something that you're allowed to do. It is not a multi-level marketing scheme. So it's no coincidence that FEC United and their co-sponsor, Moms for Liberty, are behind these deceptive practices of their entire existence is predicated on the foundation of lies and deception. So when you say that, now you open yourself up, Mitchell Robinson, to a lawsuit. Um, public education is under attack by groups like FEC United and Moms for Liberty. You can push back by supporting public schools, teachers, and students, and voting. Okay, go ahead and take it down. So the reason why I brought this up and I'm putting it out there for you guys all to hear is because this is a person who is absolutely deceived that is going to go out and lie and slander because that's what the radical left does. And so they want to stop organizations. They want to stop businesses from having the ability to stand up collectively without the adverse cost. In other words, the Law and Policy Center, which is a part of FEC United, is designed to be able to stand in the gap between the oppressor, which is the government, and the intended victim, which is the business. But it's not going to go lobby and say, oh, yeah, let's go like they did in Time Magazine and the Chamber of Commerce did of going out there and saying, hey, listen, we're going to, we're going to uh, fortify the election against Trump. We're going to let the communities tell us what they need. And when they, those business or, or excuse me, those government organizations come in and attack those businesses, we want to be able to support them. We want to be able to, to make it so that legally they're not in a position where it crushes who they are. And frankly, that's what it should be about. That's what serving your community in a nonprofit environment should be about. It shouldn't be about alignment with government organizations and doing everything you can to take from the people in your community. And that's what they've done. They've enslaved businesses and they've enslaved the people in their community. And so we're going to stop it. Uh, tired of feeling like someone's always watching on the internet, maybe advertisers know a little too much about you, IP Vanish is a solution for you. You can use IP Vanish on your, your computer, tablets, phones. You can use it on multiple devices at the same time without sacrificing speed. Um, they're for you, and, and here's the thing, it, it, it blocks advertisers, hackers, um, your ISP, third parties from getting access to information to you, uh, blocks people from getting access to your passwords. All the data is encrypted. And for our listeners, you can get 70% off their yearly plan for listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. It's like getting nine months for free. It's super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button. A disclaimer, if you are using things, True Social, you have to turn off the VPN. If you are using things like uh, vMix, uh, Chevy apps, or things like that. So there are some things that does need a dedicated IP, um, and it recognizes that. So just keep that in mind. So go to ipvanish.com slash daily, use promo code daily, and save your 70% off. So as we, as we walk through um, the doctrine of the lesser magistrate, we're going to walk through it tonight. And we build a plan. Somebody else on, on Facebook said, hey, listen, Joe, why, do you, why are you not telling everybody what the plan is? And I was like, well, I am telling people what the plan is. I'm, we're 100 cities. I'm going to say it again. 100 cities across the nation. 100 cities. 10 groups, two people. So to hit 1,000 cities or a couple cities twice, we go in there and we build up the people that step in the gap according to the principles of the doctrine of the lesser magistrate. And we already know that, and this is something that is well known. It's not like I'm making this stuff up. You can go check this if you want, and, and you can even use Google to figure this out. Um, but when, 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 the, when, when, people, when people stand up in the middle, when you get a whole bunch of people that stand up in the middle, right, and you walk out there and you say, okay, we're not going to allow this to happen. We're, we're, we're done letting this happen. And, you, and I'm going to talk specifically about voting rights. Voting rights. And you say, we're not using these machines anymore. Here are the examples of how they've been manipulated. And then you walk in there and you say, okay, we're going to get rid of the voting machines. We're going to go to hand ballots. We're not doing mail-in ballots. 
And, you, and you'd say, well, you can't do that. Well, yes, you can, because you're forcing those people in positions of power and authority, i.e. the police, the sheriff's office, to make a decision. Do you stand with the 50,000 or 100,000 or 200,000 that showed up here, or do you stand with the tyrants? Or better yet, if you don't stand with the tyrants and you don't stand with, with the people that are, that are in the gap, then you can also stand with the victims. We'll still protect you. But at some point, you, you can't have, as we had in the um, judiciary, you can't have an entire anemic judiciary, judges, that do not stand up for the people, the rule of law, for people in their community, and justify their actions by quoting some other case law in another state that is still as unjust as the law that you're trying to or the decision you're making and not give people the ability to have a redress of grievances, not give them the ability to have an escape where they can say this is what we need as a community. So the legislature across the country, that's 7,400 people. That's how many people there are that are basically dictating and creating laws across the country for you that are telling you how you have to live. And then you have 38,000 or so judges and magistrates. So as I said before, you have 50,000 people across the country that are dictating to us what we have to as 300 million people do. I mean, I want you to think about that for a minute. So it's supposed to be a representative government. They're supposed to represent the interests of the people. Well, how do you represent the interests of the people if you don't even listen to the people? You just bark down orders to those people. And if you're uh, uh, the, the Rockefellers or uh, Harari or uh, uh, Charles, uh, or excuse me, uh, Klaus Schwab or uh, George Soros or Obama or some of these other radicals that are out there, it becomes very difficult to manipulate those people if you steal elections. So if we bypass all of that and we say, listen, we don't really care anymore about the, the, the legislators and we don't care anymore about the judiciary. And it's not, by the way, that we don't care about the rule of law. See, that is where they get you. That's where they lie about us. That's where they lie about you. But we have to be willing to, at some point, say that if we all stand up together, I said this this morning, if we all stand up together, it's impossible for them to overcome the will of the people. And if you go through history and you look at what's been done historically as it relates to this, you can go back 2,000 years. You can go back to the years of, of emperor times, of, the, of the, the, the ruling class of the emperors, of how this was enacted. So I'll read a part of this to you if I can, if you guys are interested in this. Um, I'm super interested in it for a lot of reasons, but one of the th reasons why I'm interested in it is because um, there's an historical basis, a biblical basis for how people were able to stand up to the tyranny in, um, of, of unjust laws or unjust rulers. So, and, and th this particular piece, let me see if I can find it real here. Okay. So this is, uh, it's called interposition. So interposition is the ability to stand in the gap between the oppressor and the oppressed. And there's a, there's a particular piece to this. I can't see Slack and read from Slack at the same time. Yeah, so talk to me. You can talk to me. Just I was just asking what page it was on. Yeah, I don't know. I was, I was looking at it right now, so I'm, I'm trying to get to the, the next page as it results to it. I think it's the first page of chapter two, uh, rooted in, in uh, uh, interposition. So I'm going to read this to you, and I, know, I feel like I'm reading a book to you. Maybe we'll just start reading. I mean, I'll just do a read. Uh, the doctrine of the lesser magistrate is rooted in the historical biblical doctrine of interposition. Interposition is that calling of God which causes one to step into the gap, willingness, willingly placing oneself between the oppressor and his intended victim. Interposition is demonstrated when someone or some group interposes or positions themselves between an oppressor and the intended victim. It can be done verbally or physically. And so this, the lesser magistrate demonstrates the doctrine interposition by placing oneself between the tyrant or bad law and the people. And so that's what's really important about this is the bad law that we're dealing with right now is that's caused all the other symptoms, gas prices, because they wouldn't have been elected. And we would have had the Keystone Pipeline. And we would have had sensible trade with different countries. And we would have had the stick and the carrot, as they like to say it in, in foreign relations, of, hey, here's the stick, here's the carrot. You get to choose. 
I mean, it's, it's, it's a typical part of, of foreign policy. Um, but we don't have that right now. We, we, have, we have, in essence, 50,000 people across our country, of which a large majority of those people either have no courage because they won't stand up because they're afraid of being bullied or intimidated by the weaponization of the mainstream media and technology companies who, by the way, uh, this technocracy that they've actually created is largely against what we have as a country under the U.S. Constitution. But I digress. But when you have those people that are aligning themselves with large mega corporations and then injecting cash into a system and then ruining every other part of our system, such as education, healthcare, I mean, I can walk down the line if you'd like, open borders, uh, putting DAs in places where crime runs rampant, creating and manufacturing events so that you can pass gun law and legislation, using the media as a sounding block to make it look as if something worse is happening in our country than it actually is and how people interact with each other in the communities, um, then you, you don't have a choice but to realize that the, concept, that the, the problem is, is not, it's, it's not a it's not a top-down problem. It's a, it's a foundational issue. And our foundation of how the country is enacted has been, has been infiltrated so badly by this cancer that the only thing left right now is the doctrine of the lesser magistrate. And I'm, mathematically, I know, I know this will work. So as you're listening to this, it's not a, all right, shucks darn, let's get in it. It's getting organizations, churches, uh, people that are of, of our faith, of that are of faith actually making a decision that, hey, we're going to stand together. We're doing it this Tuesday. We're doing it this Thursday. And getting together, setting aside petty differences, and not allowing the media to any longer have a voice, not allowing the tech companies to have a voice. And in large part, that's why they're attacking Elon Musk is because he's coming out and saying something completely different. So I'm going to read this example if I can. So when, when Petronius defied uh, Caligula, he was performing an act of interposition as a lesser magistrate on behalf of the Jews. To demonstrate this act of interposition, Petronius actually called the Jews to meet with him in Tiberias. When the Jews arrived, they were horrified to see the Petronius' army, two legions, assembled before them. The Jews stood on one side while the army stood on the other. Petronius stepped between them. He then informed the Jews that the army was assembled under the authority of Emperor Caligula and was ordered the army to war against and destroy them if the resistance was made to have the image placed in the temple. But the governor Petronius went on to say, and, and this is where it gets super interesting, yet I do not think to have such a regard for my own safety and honor as to refuse to sacrifice them, his own safety and honor, for your preservation who are so many in number, and endeavor to preserve the regard that is due your law, which as it comes down to you from your forefathers, so do you esteem it worthy of your utmost contention to preserve it, nor with the supreme assistance and power of God will I be so hardly to suffer your temple to fall into contempt by the means of the imperial authority. I will therefore send to Caligula, and I will let him know what your resolutions are and will assist your suit as far as I am able, that you may not be exposed to suffer an account of the honest design you have proposed to yourselves, and may God be your assist assistant, for his authority is beyond all the con uh, contrivance and power of men. Governor Petronius illustrated his interposition by standing between the emperor's soldier and the Jews. He took a stand between the unjust law and the people. The interposition of the lesser magistrate requires a willingness to risk personal security for the sake of justice. Such risk is paramount to the lesser magistrate doctrine. Scripture and history are loaded with acts of interposition. In Exodus chapter 1, Pharaoh ordered that all male Hebrew uh, newborns should be killed by their midwives. There's a huge story on this. They've done movies on this. Um, the midwives refused to do so and even employed deceit to cover their refusal to comply with his order. They interposed on behalf of these helpless babies and stood in defiance of tyranny. Okay, so we can, we can take this down now if, if you want, Mr. Producer. And it talks about Samuel and, uh, and, and other examples in there. So it's not like the, the doctrine is not there. And what you just heard, what you just heard was 400 people showing up to stop bad people from doing bad things to good people in their community. That's what Patriot Barbie was talking about, Lindsey Graham not to be conf confused with the cowardice uh, rhino traitor that it was uh, placed in that position as well. 
That is the power of interposition. 400 people show up and say, you're not going to do it on our watch. I could also go to the town in Texas. There's a town in Texas, Graham, Texas, where Antifa wanted to show up from a, a, a local or a close by um, town. I think it was in Dallas, Fort Worth. I might be wrong about that. But, um, and wanted to come up to their town because they had a picture of the Ten Commandments, or excuse me, a statue of the Ten Commandments in front of the courthouse. And so what happened was they came in and they said no. And it passed around the town very quickly. And 300 or so men in a very small town showed up. And the trucks that were busing these people in to destroy those statues came in and saw 300 men armed standing around protecting that statue. All right, that's called interposition, and it works. And now we are the lesser doctrine. So I want to thank you guys for joining us. Um, if you want to watch us, you can watch us on, uh, for, we are out of time, conservative-daily.com, Rumble, DLive, CloudHub, and Frank Speech. Um, you can uh, hit the Rumble button on the way out, if you would, please. If you want to listen to us in the audio version, you can go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, and Audible. Give us a five-star review and share it with someone that needs to hear it. This is a kind of an interesting story because we're talking about the things that you need to be paying attention to. Um, text the word FREEDOM. We go live to 89517 and uh, sign up for our uh, newsletter in the Daily Facts Vice below. Also, go be a member of Conservative Daily and support us there if you can as well. Um, go to conservative-daily.com. For as little as $10, you can just become a member of Conservative Daily Podcast. And then you get access to pretty cool stuff, and you can fax blast uh, congressmen. Not that they're listening right now, but they will be. They will be. We have the People's Chamber of Commerce where you go sign your business up where you are. It's growing rapidly, not as rapidly as we want. We're in all 50 states, and the more people actually hit it, the, the better it gets. It is from $500 to $1,500, and that covers if you have multiple locations as well. And then we get to connect you with other FEC United members so you can go over there and be a member as well. So that's it for this episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. Oh, I forgot the prayer, so I'm going to pray. All right? I'm going to pray for all the people that are working on this, these things across the country and pray for truth to, to reign free. Right? And uh, you know, I'm sorry I abruptly called it off on the uh, doctrine of the lesser magistrate. But keep in mind, we're, uh, we're in a fight. But it doesn't need to be violent. It doesn't. If we all stand up together, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. And there's a lot of hope in that. So, Father God, thank you for the opportunity we have to be here today. Thank you for the many patriots and great people out there across the country that are fighting for you, Father. They're fighting for this nation and fighting to preserve um, all the great things about this nation that we've had for generations. Father, please be with us and guard our hearts and guard our minds that we may do, the, do your bidding that we may have faith and act in that faith. Father, I, just a special uh, prayer for uh, Tom Hartman, who obviously was paralyzed nine months ago. If you just, you know, I, I keep praying for supernatural uh, healing for him, to give him back purpose and to give him um, a focus on his future, Father. I would just ask you to guard him and guard his heart and to, and to heal him. Father, please heal him. Um, Father, I also ask that anybody that's suffering, that is listening to us today, or even isn't listening today, that is a family member, um, that you uh, that you be with them as well. Heal them if you can, Father. Um, I also want to say thank you and and ask for you to watch over Garland and Candace Taylor and all the people that are fighting for truth in our election systems and, and integrity to preserve the voice of the American people. I just want to say thank you, Father, for, for giving them that stamina and standing with them and ask you to just, just supernaturally protect them and get in this fight so that more can be revealed. I say all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. That's it for this episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Oltman. I just want to say thank you for being here, and um, we'll see uh, Ash tomorrow. And we've got a couple of great uh, um, guests tomorrow, and then we have a packed week next week of guests. Packed, 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 packed. And we're going to, we'll probably have, look, I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to have some people on, some unlikely people on that you don't think should be on, uh, or you might have an opinion that it shouldn't be on. And I'm going to tell you right now, we are all going to stand together. If we're going to get in the gap, we're going to get in the gap together. 
and um, I'm going to love on everyone that is that is working to um, restore our country. So God bless you all. Go get the book, A Doctrine of Lesser Magistrate. Till tomorrow.